You're listening to Lessons from the Boardroom, a business podcast with Kevin Minton, CEO of Chief Executive Boards. Hi, this is Kevin Minton. And if you're like many business owners, you might be feeling overwhelmed with the rapid change we've experienced in the last 12 months. The truth is, burnout is as high as it's ever been among business owners. The answer is simply working harder or pushing through. The answer is finding balance. My new book, In Search of Balance, gives you a path for regaining balance in your business and your life. You can buy it on Amazon and other online booksellers, but today, I'd like to give it to you. Just go to chiefexecutiveboards.com slash book to get yours. Now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Minton, and welcome to our podcast. I'm excited about our podcast today, where we'll be hosting a conversation with our guest, Scott Snyder who is an owner and partner of the Exit Planning Institute, which is located in a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. Scott is responsible for the strategic direction of the organization, along with overseeing the company's operations and chapter development. He's done some pretty amazing work expanding the organization throughout the world, providing a transformational educational experience to advisors from all specialties. If you're looking to understand how to position your business for maximum value, they are the guys to talk with. So please join me in welcoming our guest, Scott Snyder. Scott, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Excited to be here. Really am. Hey, Scott, uh, I've known you for a little while, but our listeners out there uh, could probably stand to uh, get to know you a little bit. So I'd just like to ask you if you would provide a little background about yourself uh, from a personal standpoint. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, born and raised, uh, born and raised Clevelander and uh, born and raised entrepreneur. I started my first business uh, when I was 17 years old and kind of never looked back. I had, I had literally one job before that. I was a janitor at an all boys high school uh, while I was going to that all boys high school. I'd stick around after and, 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 and clean. And uh, so, yeah, I did the kind of typical, uh, you know, childhood dream, right? Where you kind of cut grass for $20, you know, $20 a pop. Me and my buddy Mike actually threw a lawnmower into the back of a Ford Taurus sedan and, and called ourselves a landscaping outfit. And so fast forward eight years or so, we had a 13 person, six truck landscaping operation. And it was my career. It was my full time. It was what I did. And so in 2010, I had an opportunity to sell that company, and so I did, and it put me on the path that I am on today. So Exit Planning Institute is the company we own today. I actually am in a family business, so I ended up, after selling EP or uh, my landscape company, I uh, partnered with Dad and his consulting firm. Dad was actually a certified exit planning advisor before we were owners of the Exit Planning Institute. He was part of the first 100 SEPAs, became a SEPA in 2008. And from there, fast forward and, to and, I come and, around. And just exactly what yeah. Is, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah, and just exactly what is that, Scott? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what is a no SEPA? Problem. What does that stand for? Yeah, so SEPA is a certified exit planning advisor. So basically, you can think of a SEPA as a very holistic business advisor. They could be by background, a financial advisor. 
They could be a CPA. They could be a, a like a management consultant, an investment banker. They usually have some type of expertise, right? That they're that they come from. Uh, but the SEPA is our main credential, and uh, is uh, an advisor that allows a business owner to rapidly grow value in their business and position them for a fulfilling and successful exit while aligning not only their business goals, but their personal goals and their personal financial goals kind of brings these three things all together for an owner. And that's what dad went out to do. And then dad and I in 2012 bought the exit planning Institute because we had created a methodology called the value acceleration methodology. And we wanted to, we actually, frankly, him and I share really uh, one critical thing in common. We share many things, but one, one critical thing is that we want to change outcomes for business owners. So if there's business owners listening, you're only about 20% successful uh, and is successful at selling your business. That means 80% of the companies put on today's market don't actually sell. Usually they do some type of orderly liquidation. And I say, what a shame. You this typically as an owner, one of our biggest assets and beyond our personal gains from running and growing a business, you know, like what happens to the people around us, the, the economy, the employees, the charitable intent, if we actually can't transition sometimes these multi-million dollar assets. And so we had this methodology that was really working in, in with our owners that we were working with here in, in, in Ohio and in the Midwest. And we said the fastest way to help owners change the outcome was instead of working with owners directly in, here in Cleveland, was to teach this methodology to many advisors who had many clients across the country and now across the world. So EPI have, today has about 2,000 certified exit planning advisors, SEPAs, uh, in the country and another about 200 in 15 other different cr countries across the world. And now that we've kind of pivoted our program from a very much in-person program to now a virtual masterclass program, we've been able to reach all kinds of people. We had four people come through our program uh, from Singapore. We had somebody come through from Cyprus. And so it's really interesting to see uh, how we can connect with many people around the world now that we're in this more virtual environment. But that's a little bit, I guess, about me, my story, and, and, and a little bit about our business today. Yeah, thank you uh, for sharing that with us, Scott. And so, yeah, that's interesting that you talk about how your business has grown since you guys uh, took it over in 2012. Yeah. Uh, tell us, a, tell us a little bit about that. So, your your father, uh, whom you said that you partnered with, um, you know, you guys took it over in 2012. What kind of growth have you guys seen in that period uh, of time? What I mean. Yeah. Did it start out just being purely domestic or just within Ohio, or did you guys uh, already have a geographic footprint outside of Ohio at that time? Yeah, so we had a national footprint. So uh, the Exit Planning Institute was founded by two investment bankers from Chicago, Pete Chrisman and Rich Jackham. And it was really founded on their book called The $10 Trillion Opportunity, right? They're talking about this $10 trillion of wealth that is going to be transitioning uh, over these next several years, and, and that 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 wealth came from about four and a half million uh, American companies uh, that were owned primarily by baby boomers. And so, uh, in 2012, yeah, man, it's actually wild that you've asked me this question. Kind of reflect back on this. In 2012, uh, we bought EPI in the fall of 2012. We bought EPI, and it had one chapter. Uh, it had 120 SEPAs. 
uh, and it was doing two credentialing programs per year where maybe we would add another 40 SEPAs uh, a year, 20 in each class. Now, fast forward from fall of 2012 to now the, I guess, coming up here into the fall of 2020, we have 37 chapters. We have 2,000 certified exit planning advisors. Through our chapter network and some of our, we do credential, the credential SEPA is one of many educational programs that we do through some of our other educational programs. We work with about 30,000 different advisors now each year. Some SEPAs, obviously, some certainly most not. Some of those are even business owners that are looking to learn a little bit more about how to position their company or, or, or grow their company. And we went from me as our sole employee. I, our first office, Kevin, was literally in the back of a cigar shop uh, in Cleveland to 20 employees in, you know, a, a pretty traditional and, and cool, uh, you know, office on the west side of Cleveland. And so significant growth. And that growth, those 120 SEPAs in 2012 were scattered across the United States. But like I said, now, you know, I think we're almost in, in all 50 states and we are in about 15 other countries. And so significant growth over the past few years, for sure. And I contributed really to a, a growing need, I think, for appropriate exit strategy. I think more so than ever, uh, business owners are really in need of someone that knows, again, how to connect these kind of three dots that I think float around in owner's head, my personal goals, my personal financial goals, and my business goals. And how do I take this asset that could be worth $5 million, $50 million, $100 million, and actually get to that $100 million or that $50 million or that $5 million? How do I actually have it in my hand or in, in my bank account? And so, uh, so yeah, so significant growth since 2012. It's been quite quite a ride, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, and I can imagine that being a business owner who's seen that kind of growth, uh, you've you've probably encountered a couple of hurdles and obstacles along the way uh, as well. And so I'm going to just kind of pivot here myself and ask you along this journey, what's been the biggest challenge you've faced along the way uh, so far? And I'll tell you, uh, you know, there's certainly been some challenges along the way since 2012, but there's no doubt that our biggest challenge came this year with, with COVID. And so you're talking to a guy that owns a company that does 99% of their educational programming, whether it be a, a like a four-hour workshop or a five-day credentialing program or a three-day conference, did all of this stuff in person uh, live and, and in person at one some some facility across the United States, right? So, you know, we took we would do about ten or eleven credentialing programs each year. We have one big conference that we do each year, and we have several, you know, chapter meetings that we're doing. All this stuff, right, done online. And I used to travel about two hundred days out of the year, and my last time I was on an airplane was March sixth. And then I closed my office on March 13th, and we canceled the Atlanta-based Certified Exit Planning Advisor credentialing program on the week of March 16th. And we all kind of sat back and said, whoa, like, how are we going to deliver our products? So if you think about it, if you're like an owner listening that has a manufacturing company, now imagine that you have that bolt that you just manufactured, that you just built, and it's sitting in your shop, and you don't have any trucks, any airplanes any UPS, any FedEx, nothing that you can get it to your clients. So you have clients that need the bolt to build whatever they're building, but there's no way to get it to them. 
And that was us in March, is that we said we knew that we have a good program. We know that we have great content. And we had 88 advisors signed up for our March program and another 75 advisors signed up for our Cleveland program in April and another 50 advisors signed up for our program in May. And we had no way to deliver product, which is an educational program. So we spent the next 45 days pivoting our entire organization. We took everything from, we focused on our, our core product first, which is the Certified Exit Planning Advisor Credentialing Program. And we built out a virtual masterclass so that now an advisor can come on to a and come online and and get their credential. And you know, frankly, Kevin, I'm a pretty stubborn guy. I knew that I didn't want to deliver this credentialing program, this experience that is SEPA through like a Zoom conference call or a webinar. This just wasn't going to cut it for me. So we literally hired a film crew called Purple Films. You guys should check these guys out. They're a Cleveland company. And we did this almost like documentary style educational process. And so it is by far in my business career, let alone, I guess, an, in, certainly an EPI, let alone in my own business career, the biggest challenge. I could tell you that long hours, a lot of emotion. Uh, we've lost a couple of employees because of it. It's changed relationships, uh, but it also has done a lot of good. It has brought our team together more so than we've ever been before. Uh, we have more advisors coming to the program than we've ever had before. Uh, and it allowed us to innovate and innovate and create and frankly look at our business like we've never had before. And I just think that we're still learning, but there's no doubt that that has been, you know, sitting down, I can remember, and having to make the call to cancel our SEPA program without any, you know, you know, without any way to deliver was like devastating. And so, and it's, you know, and it, it was, it was devastating. It's quite a challenge to kind of get this all together. You know, I can imagine Scott, that must've been, uh, as, as you were sitting there facing that situation and, and you're, you're trying to figure out, Oh my God, our, our business, uh, unless we figure this out, it's come to an end. And yeah. so how do we, you know, how do we fix this problem? And it sounds like you guys have come up with a very creative solution. Uh, it, it's not been without some pain and some challenge uh, along sure. the way, but but it sounds like your organization is going to look somewhat different when we come <laughs> out of this situation. Yeah. And so, t- tell me about that. What's what do you anticipate once once the COVID situation is over with? Do you anticipate spending two hundred days on an airplane again, no. or do you think it's changed for you forever, or is it a hybrid? Yeah. What what does uh, life look like after that? That's a good question. I think that well, one, I think it's still uncertain, right? My marketing and events team has been pressuring me since midsummer to announce our twenty twenty one programming. So typically, we would announce all of our programming for the next year in July. And I've been trying to feel out our COVID situation because I just don't see anytime soon being able to put 80, 100 people next to each other in an auditorium uh, in group work sessions, you know, live and in person. And so, but I I do think that it's going to be a hybrid. So what it allowed us to do, and one of the cool things about this challenge that we came through was that it allowed us to look at our education now on two platforms. So one platform is kind of the traditional platform is what we call now, what we used to call an in-person education program is now called an executive experience. So if you're a professional advisor that wants to get away from the office and get away from home and be able to immerse yourself 
in this credentialing program and experience, you would come to this executive experience program where you have, you know, in-person instruction, you can meet the instructor, shake their hands, you could sit in group work, you could have a fine, uh, a really good dinner, you could go to a really high class resort and really immerse yourself in this executive experience. Or if you want the same body of knowledge, right? So the same body of knowledge, the same instructors, the same goals and objectives, the same credential, the same, uh, everything from an educational standpoint, the same, but you want it in a, a little bit more convenient. You don't want to leave home. You might have children. You might be, you know, we're all kind of homeschooling our kids now. Uh, you know, you might, you might want to be able to catch up and be able to catch up on work and frankly save probably two, three, four thousand dollars in, in travel costs, staying in hotels, dinners, plane rides. You want that kind of experience. You could go to what's now called the EPI Masterclass series. And that's all, all of our virtual stuff. So to answer your question, Kevin, I think that what we'll see is certainly a hybrid. You know, we have this event coming up actually next week, and it's taking place of what would have been a, a very much an in-person conference and in, in, in what we call our exit planning summit. And we have now are doing it all virtual, and we're actually talking about keeping our exit planning summit, which has traditionally always been in September, in person, but bringing this new event, which we call the EPI Insiders Bash, our virtual conference, bringing that up to the first quarter. So you can attend a virtual conference in March. You can attend a in-person conference in the fall, like beginning of fall in September. You could bundle it together and attend both. Uh, or you can attend one or the other, depending on kind of what you're into and what your schedule is like. So I think that it has changed, undoubtedly have changed, the way that we view delivering our product. Uh, but And I think that it's going to be a hybrid from, from here on out. I, no, I don't think that I'm going to be on uh, something like 80 different flights per year and, uh, you know, 200 days on the road. I think those days are done. And, you know, I think that I, you know, you think that I'd miss it a little bit or, or not miss it because I could tell you it's a hell of a time traveling 200 days out of the year and maybe being in three or four different cities in any given week. But uh, uh, I'm not I, 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 I don't I'm not missing it as much as I, I thought I might. And so, yeah, it's uh, it'll allow us to look at our business totally different. And I think we're going to have a hybrid from here, here on out, no doubt. Well, Scott, uh, you know, you certainly have uh, made a tremendous change and a hybrid for your business. Do you think that you guys would have been thinking of making this kind of a change had it not been forced upon you? Uh, I could say it's like yes and no. So when we all, so in the fall time in October and November, our company gets really strategic and we start revisiting our one year and our three year strategies. And it has always been something on the list, like more virtual education, some of the people that we work with, we work with like a lot of the small business development centers. So the small business Deve development centers of America, like they don't have a huge budget where they can take a $4,000 credentialing program and then spend another $4,000 traveling some city, uh, you know, across, you know, across the United States. And so we've always talked about, let's do try to do some more virtual education to accommodate some of the people that maybe it just doesn't fit their budget, but still wants the, the education. Or like we talked about just a few minutes ago, it just doesn't fit their style. They're 45 years old. They got young kids at home and they just simply don't want to be away for five or six straight days. So we've always talked about it and we've always wanted to reach our international audience a little bit better. So we've always talked about virtual education, 
but you can only do like many small business owners, you can only do so much with what you have. So it's always kind of fell a little bit below the line. So when we're looking at our goals and objectives or initiatives or projects, you know, the top three or five things that, you know, we could do, you know, building out a virtual education platform was always sixth, seventh or eighth. It never made the top five. So it was always on our mind, but I could tell you that our business was growing at 45 to 55% per year. So everything was pretty good. So we were focused on, frankly, making our current programs better uh, and maintaining and, and, and building a, uh, a, a really good client base. Because right, once you become a SEPA, you become a member of the Exit Planning Institute. Uh, and we service our members with ongoing support and, and kind of advisor development. And so we really focused on that. So um, I don't think, frankly, uh, even though it was always on that sheet, that it would never have made the top three to five things we could do in, in, in any, any given year. And so until COVID hit us, you know, in March, and it challenged us to be wildly different. Yeah. You know, that's amazing how, you know, when things are rocking or rolling along pretty good and, and, you yeah. know, you're, you're always focusing on that low hanging fruit, but boy, when, uh, when, when things make a turn or a change like that, you know, it's, it's amazing how you have to reprioritize some things and that's exactly what it sounds like you guys have done. And, and what an experience to have gone through to change your, your business model, your delivery platform, for how you guys are delivering your product and your service out there for your members. Uh, and, and the, uh, the way that you guys did it, the timeliness of how you did it and how you reacted and so forth. And it's just a, an amazing story, Scott. So let's, let's, let's take the turn here and talk right. about, we talked a little bit about the biggest challenge that you've had so far. Let's talk about what's, uh, what's been the biggest success that you have seen or realized uh, while, while you've been with EPI. Yeah, sure. So again, I'm going to go with, with this year. So as much challenge that I think we've had, I think we've actually had one of our biggest successes. And so, uh, and that success was really all around, uh, bringing our team together and around our people. And so we actually went through a transformational leadership training. And I could tell you, we could probably dive another hour deep into the story. It's weird how the stars align sometimes is that as we're going through one of the biggest challenges uh, as a company, as a team that we've probably ever had to do, plus all the personal stuff that's going on in your after work life, right? Like people have kids, people are trying to get married, people are, are you know, their wives or husbands are getting laid off. So they're trying to manage that. You know, as we're going through these challenges, it just so happened that at the same time, we started this transformational leadership training with Initiative One with a guy named Fred Johnson. And Fred, we met through, he was a speaker, a keynote speaker at our conference last year. And his program and process really was like, man, I, I gotta, I think we gotta get our people into this. Is that from a company, I'm 34 years old, so I'm like, and I'm actually one of the old guys here. So for a company that's very young and very rapidly growing, I knew that not only could, you know, that not only did we need to combine better as a team, but I think all of us as, as young leaders and young business leaders can, can further develop, right? We're an education company. So it's kind of like an always be learning kind of mentality, but it's a, it was a, a nine week program that we had to do virtually and we spanned it, you know, over like a couple of sessions each month. But I, 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 
telling you, uh, you know, on a podcast doesn't necessarily do it justice because you're just one of those things that you have to experience. But I would consider it not only a success for this year, but one of the biggest successes since 2012 in taking over this company, because to be honest with you, if we didn't have that program and it didn't bring us together and allowed us to learn new leadership skills, I don't know if we would have also made it through. So we could have had a great product and a great platform and pivoted this entire thing. But if we couldn't navigate the different challenges, have very much like on the table, open and respectful conversations, be able to make clear and, 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 and quick and flexible decisions and combined as a team and a unit, uh, I don't think that we could have done what we did either. So it was just weird how it all kind of aligned is that we're going through this huge pivot, but at the same time, where we have this transformational leadership training program that we're going through that also allowed, you know, that was like, I always love like application-based learning. It's like I, when I, I actually went to school for horticulture and we would learn how to build a patio and lecture. And then every one hour lecture was followed by a two hours of lab. And so literally we would take like a 15 minute break, walk out to the barn and build a patio. And you were able to ask your instructors questions immediately. So it was almost like that experience that would be in these sessions learning together and then go out right into the workplace and then apply it right away. It would be, it's like something that I would recommend every business owner, particularly if you have a fast growing company uh, and particularly if you have a young company uh, to go through. I think that it's one of the biggest successes. And I think if you ask anybody that came through that program here at EPI, it, it probably is one of theirs too, for sure. So Scott, you know, that's, that's quite an interesting uh, concept that, that you guys have experienced so far. Let's, let's just dive a little deeper into that. Uh, Cause you said, you know, we could talk an hour about this, this topic <laughs> here, but uh, what, what has it done for your company? What is it, what have you seen? What kind of changes has it brought about or what have you noticed as a result yeah. of going through this with your team? So I would say a couple of things. One, we understand each other uh, a lot better. And so every company, there's a, a whole module that you go through that's just frankly understanding different people and how they operate in the workplace. So being able to understand our people better generally uh, is, is just been wildly helpful. Understand the way they think, understand the way that they uh, want to be creative, understand the way that they would like to make decisions because everybody's different. So it allowed us to understand each other as business people and frankly as individuals uh, a lot better, which by understanding each other a lot better, it allowed us to gain a deeper respect. And I know it sounds a little soft or corny, but it allowed us to create this like safe and open environment because especially when you're trying to pivot a whole company, people have different opinions and some strong opinions about how the hell we should be doing things and how it's affecting them. If I'm asking somebody to work 70, 80 hours a week, uh, you know, how this is affecting everything. So it allowed us by understanding each other better, it allowed us to have more open, honest, uh, uh, real conversations with each other in a very safe and respectful, uh, in a very safe and respectful way. And then for me, as kind of the, the leader of the organization overall, it allowed me to understand my leadership style. And I could tell you that particularly working with Gen Xers and millennials, it's more of a, instead of a top-down type leadership and kind of giving orders or, or the ideas come from the president or CEO, you know, the program also allowed us then, now that we're in the safe environment, now that we know each other better, to have more of this like kind of consensus style leadership 
where we are all contributing to the strategic direction of the company. And it's not just the manager's decision or the president's decision. It's the decision of the team. Now, I think that the ultimate accountability and responsibility, right, comes to that manager or president or CEO. But it's just much more of a collaborative process. And as an owner, I can tell you, I've never received so many cool ideas in my life. And so, um, or frankly, things that it's like, I wish you guys would have told me that was a really crappy idea like two years ago. And they said, Scott, we just weren't really comfortable you know, putting that on the table to have a conversation with. Well, now they're like, hey, like, in a, like this, I don't think this is going to work. And here's why. And so, you know, it allowed us to have better conversation. It allows us to understand each other more. Uh, and it allowed us to make better decisions and quicker, all because of this, you know, wild, I mean, I say wild in a good way, like this, like eye-opening experience uh, that, that, that we've had. But yeah, I, I think that we're a big human capital uh, company, right? So we believe in investing a lot in social capital, which is culture, and human capital, and obviously, which is people. And so uh, I think that, you know, if it just, it, it really just allowed us to, to come together as a team in, in, in multiple ways. I have to believe that that has taken a lot of stress off of your uh, and, and Chris's yeah. uh, shoulders yeah. because now you've got, it sounds like Scott, a team of individuals who are taking ownership. They're, they're actually starting yeah. to think and perform and act like owners. Is, is that correct? Absolutely, man. So we always talk about this like ownership thinking, right? We would like I, I hear time and time again, even in our, our CEBI group, right? We're, we're sitting there talking, man, I, I really like my employees to think more like owners. I really wish they knew how I felt. Well, now with this kind of like very open, honest, on the table and consensus, consensus style leadership where everybody's kind of buying into it, a lot. Yeah, people are taking way more accountability. Uh, they are, uh, and, and I think they feel like they have certainly more skin in the game. And so, yeah, it's allowed us to really, I think, develop like this very much so this entrepreneurial mindset inside of our company, no doubt. Now, for the owners, you know, for me, I'm a control guy. So learning to trust my people, you know, let go of control, know that, hey, you know, we're going to mess up sometimes. But if you have the right people on the right seats on the right bus, we're going to recover and keep moving forward. Uh, because frankly, we, we all screw up sometimes or a bunch of times. And so if, again, if you believe you got the right people uh, in the right seats on the right bus headed in the right direction, uh, you know, we'll be able to recover from some of that as well. But I could tell you, man, it, it takes like a, a ton of like, okay, like, especially during a time where you're trying to pivot a whole company, uh, it takes a hell of a lot of uh, trust. But that was developed through going through this, you know, nine week, it's nine module or nine week program. Well, Scott, it's 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 a great story to hear how flexible your company was uh, in approaching this situation and you know the moves that you guys made you didn't freeze up you didn't uh sit there with uh a, a sort of a deer in the headlights look in in your eyes you you guys actually took action made decisions and went went with a new strategy on you know how to approach your customers, your market, your deliverability, the way that you interact with your employees and your staff. So I can see how going through a situation like that, even though it was the biggest challenge that you faced always uh, yeah. or has, has also come about and been one of your greatest successes as well. I've, I've said yeah. this 
quite a bit to a, a lot of people that find a way to go through the ditch with your customer. Because if right. you can do that and come out successfully on the other end, uh, boy, your relationship will be solidified. You'll have a lot of trust among each other. You'll be able to have conversations. They'll take your call when you're calling and so forth. So I can imagine what that's done for your customer base as well as uh, your internal organization as well. So fantastic stuff, Scott. I, I appreciate you sharing those stories with us. Yeah, and, and so at, at this point, uh, I think what I'd like to ask you is, is that, you know, so you, you've gone through some of these events now, what is it that makes you believe that uh, some people are, uh, can, can find a way to be successful while others tend to struggle? when, when they come up against hurdles and obstacles and things like that? <laughs> That's a good question. I think that, uh, a couple of things. What I would, if I looked at everybody, so one, I think it's people. So I think that one, having great people allowed us to do what we did, whether it was through a pivot or whether it was growing by 45 or 55% since 2012, it's really all about the people. Now, again, we have a great process. We have a great product, like our content is great, but execution is key and execution comes from people. And so uh, uh, I think that that has been a, a very much a, a key to success. And, and, and frankly, treating people as if they're people, not treating them as, as people that are revenue drivers for you, right? I think that when I look at team, I think a, you know any good CEO or president knows that the success of their organization is because of their people not at the expense of their people. And so there's just a whole, that's just been a kind of a thing for us at, at EPI. And so beyond that, I would say specific to the stories that I told today, I think if I looked at a lot of the people in my organization, we have a lot of grit, you know, like there's, you have to just, and I think a lot of people are like this, certainly a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of owners, when you're backed into a corner, are you just sitting down or are you trying to pivot and in fight or move your way out. And so um, I think that you know, those types of characteristics or those types of core values, I think allows a company to either pivot during a challenge uh, or in a great economy, uh, take advantage of it and grow the hell out of, out of your organization. And so I think those are some of the things that we see and that frankly we enjoy here, here, here at EPI. Great lessons there, Scott. And uh, so your business is, it seems it was on a great track uh, to COVID and yeah. you guys made your pivot. You went through the changes, you went through the struggles, you have uh, solidified your team, brought them closer together. You've, uh, you know, you've got a great execution model now. Um, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about the future? What does that look like for EPI? So a great, a great question. So no doubt that we're not going to grow by 45 or 55% this year. Just, there's just no, we're de definitely not doing that. So that's a little bit of a, a, certainly a disappointment, especially, and maybe I'm a little, uh, you know, maybe I'm a little, uh, you know, bias on that, but I, you know, coming from a organization that has now, you know, if you would have asked me this question in March or April, we are probably projecting our company to be down something like 40%. And with the pivot and with, you know, introducing some new products, changing up our marketing, we're going to be still down. We'll probably be down about 20%. But 
we're 20% down from our growth plan overall. And so, you know, we'll probably end up maybe even if I had to put my arm behind my back, we'll probably even, uh, we'll probably end up even than last year. So zero growth. So we didn't necessarily, you know, we're going to be down to plan, but we're not worse than last year, which for us being a hyper, hyper growth company, is just a little bit different of a feeling. And so I'm still trying to absorb that a little bit, but I think there's been a hell of a lot of big wins. We we actually, even though we lost a couple people uh, in that kind of extreme pivot, uh, we didn't lay anybody off. They left, they left on their own terms. And so I'm proud that we supported our people. Uh, I'm proud that we, that we, you know, pivoted some of our core products. Uh, and I'm proud that we came together as a team and, and learned a lot about our organization and frankly, a lot about our customers. And we still have a lot of work going on. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of how I'm, I'm feeling about it. We're still down. Uh, but I think there's a lot of big wins that will allow us to get back on that uh, on that growth track. We just got to kind of figure out. I think there's like some really cool international expansion that we're experiencing that we would like to look into. There's a whole new world of digital marketing and, and, and virtual marketing, if you will, that that will come into. And again, I think that if you're sitting around like we have our marketing team in the office today and they're all spaced 10 feet apart and over there in the other open bullpen and having a big creative meeting about what new types of marketing initiatives they want to introduce in 2021. So, yeah. So I think a lot of positivities, Kevin, there's no doubt that our business is definitely down and that's kind of a kick in the gut, but we're not going to make what we wanted to this year. But overall the teams together, the clients seem happy. Uh, we're learning a lot about our business and we're pivoting. So I'd like to continue to look at it on the, on, on a, on a positive side uh, and, and say that even though financially it's not the year that we wanted, uh, we're still going to end up pretty good. You know, uh, to be in this kind of a year, Scott, and to yeah. uh, and to to come in flat with a year where you experienced forty five percent growth the previous year, uh, given the kind of year where they throw a, a wrench into everybody's uh, business, basically, uh, and, and to say that you're going to come out at least even with twenty nineteen. That's a yeah. success in itself. Given the changes and the pivots and the and yeah. the moves that you guys had to make, that is a, a really a great success, Scott. And so I want to congratulate you on yeah. on what you guys have done at Exit Planning Institute and the changes that you've made, the way that you have addressed the market, and you're still going to come out okay. And you have great plans. It sounds like yeah. for continued upside for what you guys want to do and growing the organization. So. Uh, I'm, I'm extremely excited for you guys. So Scott, we're, we're about, uh, we're about out of time here and I want to wrap this okay. up. I want to thank you for, first of all, for sharing those sure. stories with us, but, Absolutely. uh, where can the listeners go to connect with you and learn more about the exit planning Institute? Yeah, sure. So a simple, easy way. I do a lot of LinkedIn. So if you're looking to just connect, have a conversation, or you're looking for some content, just go to LinkedIn and type in Scott Snyder, Snyder spelled with an I. So S-N-I-D-E-R. More formally, if you're looking for research, educational opportunities to connect with somebody on the team or one of our certified exit planning advisors, just go to earnsepa.com. So that's earnsepa, C-E-P-A is SEPA. EarnSEPA.com. It'll take you to the formal website. Either or are going to be, I think, some opportunities to connect. Fantastic. Well, Scott, I uh, really appreciate your time today. And I want to just, uh, again, reiterate to our listeners, today's uh, guest was Scott Snyder 
with the Exit Planning Institute uh, just on the outskirts of Cleveland, Ohio. Scott, you've been a fantastic guest. I, I really appreciate you sharing your stories and your wisdom and and uh, all the things that you have learned up to this point. So uh, we really hope to get you back on another podcast sometime soon. The Lessons from the Boardroom podcast is sponsored by Chief Executive Boards. It's lonely at the top, but that doesn't mean you need to go it alone. We've got your back. At Chief Executive Boards, you have access to business best practices, insights, and resources that can help you eliminate the stress, anxiety, and pitfalls of running a business. Whenever you're ready, here's how we can help. Number one, get a copy of Kevin's book, In Search of Balance, The Business Owner's Guide to Building a Business and a Life at chiefexecutiveboards.com slash book. Number two, attend a Chief Executive Boards event in your area to find out if CEBI can help you. For a list of upcoming events in your area, go to chiefexecutiveboards.com slash events or call 864-527-5917.